Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. It's good to see everyone this morning. The uh, Thanksgiving holidays, I'm assuming, were great for you. They were great for me. It's always good to be with family. It's good to be with the church family now. You know, uh, when we talk about the king is here, today we're going to talk about this great, magnificent birth, the virgin birth. Remember, it's history, but it's his story. And his story makes all the difference in the world. His story is a story of of what seems to be impossible in this old world, that a virgin would actually give birth to a son. And yet, uh, without his story, history of the world means nothing. So we're going to read about that with some scripture reading this morning. We'll examine some, some verses. Hope you brought your Bible. We'll open up and look at some things this morning. So we're going to have Amber and Griffin do our Bible reading. Would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word? Amber? Because he will save his people from all of their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 6-7 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his uh, government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And the church said, Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you all so very much. You know, sometimes uh, things just don't go as planned. Have you ever had those kind of days? Uh, Fifteen and a half years ago, I moved here from Texas. And uh, I got a name from Texas on Tommy. I knew that. Well, we uh, packed everything up, you know, and so uh, uh, we've got the U-Haul packed and all that. And so I've got the old red Buick packed up, uh, the one that looked just like Carl's because Carl would go get in my car about half the time. And uh, so uh, I drive down, it's filthy, it's dirty, can't hardly see, I have bugs on the windshield. So I got filled up with gas and I thought, I'll just drive through this car wash before I take the car back to the house and get gone. And so I get in the car wash, I push in that code, you know, the way you do. And, uh, 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 and, uh, so I, the thing starts and it gives me the green light and I start to, I roll up just a little bit and then I can't get my window up. <laughs> now, you know, I've had a few old cars in my day and so I, I bang on the side and I'm pulling on the, what part I can grab and, and it ain't coming up. 
So I sat there on the edge, just close enough to get the splatter, and watched the thing go through the whole motion of washing a car that's not in there. And then the green light comes on and says, you're finished. And so I drive through and just head home. And sure enough, a block later, I push the button and the window rolls up. You ever had those kind of days? But you know what? Uh, I was, uh, I I didn't let that dampen my day because I was excited about being at this church and I was excited about what God was going to do over the next, next few years of this journey in life that we have together. You know, I can't imagine the surprise and the things that seemed out of order and that didn't work right in the mind of Joseph. And also in the mind of Mary. And all of a sudden this great story takes place and an angel comes, which I would have to actually have an angel from heaven telling me, right, to believe in this right here, that your wife uh, is pregnant. But don't worry about it. It's by the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, that's a pretty tough thing to swallow, right? Yet this amazing story takes place. Now, now the thing about it is... This had been told years ago back in the book of Isaiah. This thing had been prophesied. And so this now is becoming the fulfillment of God's written word a long time ago. You would think that God's people would be expecting that and looking at it and saying, all right, I'm ready for this to take place. Instead, it was really very hard for them to, to believe that this was taking place in their time. A lot of times we call this particular time of the year advent some in religious groups do basically it's just the expectation and the preparation of celebrating that the king is born but sometimes we don't really look at all the verses so what what i really want you to focus on today is verses that aren't on the screen and i want you to turn to in your bible you got to get the pages out today or your phone or whatever contraption you might have it on that's fine and we're going to turn to isaiah chapter 9 but before he ever says for to us a child is born there's a whole section of scripture that that, that talks about uh boots and bloody clothes and and all this kind of stuff and you're like what does that have to do with the coming of christ i want us to look at this section of scripture and put it all together today for a little bit as we talk about the greatness of his story Chapter 9, verse 1 of Isaiah. How many is there? We ready to go? Everybody there? If you don't have your Bible, just scooch over there next to somebody and it's got one. Share. Be all right. Chapter 9. Nevertheless, there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Nebula and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. Listen. The people walking in darkness have, a, have seen a great light on, the, on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest. As men re, uh, when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulder. The rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire for unto us a child is born. So he says there's this great light going to take place that dispels all this darkness. 
And then he talks about the joy. Look at the joy that it expresses here. First he says, there's this joy of the harvest. You're going to rejoice like people who are just harvesting. Now I know Trent, uh, uh, Grant already mentioned, some of you did a lot of harvest stuff this weekend, right? I mean, you were rejoicing over the harvest Thursday multiple times, right? I mean, who doesn't like a good meal laid out? Who doesn't like uh, uh, turkey and dressing and, and, and ham and all the other good stuff? I don't know what all you had, but if you're like my house, there was plenty. You know, I knew I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up. I thought I was poor. I didn't really grow up uh, 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 having a lot, I didn't think. But I, I knew we had plenty because we'd be at the table and I would reach for a second plate and my dad would say, no, you've had plenty. <laughs> we had plenty. I was the youngest, so I had to kind of fight off the two older brothers to make sure I got, you know, my share. Now, they're rejoicing, he says. They're going to have the joy of the harvest and the joy of the plunder. Like people who have gathered all the stuff from the war and it's, they brought in all these treasures. And now you just get to enjoy them. This is the joy that's going to happen. This is the type of joy that we have because a child is going to be born. It's the joy of the harvest. Now he mentioned something else here. It's the joy of deliverance. Look what he says in verse 4. For it's the day of Midian's defeat. Here's what he says. You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. I said in that movie, Harriet, and heard the historical story of this woman who delivers her own people from slavery and brings them to freedom. And at one point she says, I'm either going to have death or I'm going to have freedom. And I thought, it's hard for me. I've never been enslaved physically. It's hard for me to imagine what that must be like to come up over that hill and know that you're crossing a line that takes you into freedom. Can you imagine? The, the yoke that's been put on people's necks and the bar that goes across their shoulder and the guy that has the rod that's sitting there here, the oppressor, forcing them to do what he wants them to do. All that is gone. The, the, that yoke is shattered. It's broken. The rod is gone. Deliverance has taken place. So that's the kind of rejoicing that's going to take place. It's going to be like all that's gone. Some of you have not been enslaved physically, but you've been enslaved. You were enslaved just like I was in sin. You've been enslaved by the addiction of drugs or alcohol. You've been enslaved by, by, a, by an addiction to pornography. You've been enslaved by your immorality. We've all had that enslavement. We've all had that time when sin got the best of us and it's holding on and we need to break free. And he says, here's why, that you're going to rejoice just like you've been set free. All that deliverance has come your way. For unto us, a child is born. That's the kind of rejoicing you're going to do. You're going to rejoice like those that have been delivered. And you're going to rejoice like those who have seen the end of war. Interesting verse here, he says, Every warrior's boot used in battle. Do you understand the sound that comes from an army's boots marching down those streets? 
and coming into your town to do battle. Every soldier's boots and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. What's he saying? War is coming to an end. You won't need the, you won't need those boots anymore. You're not going to need those clothes for war. You can take those things off. We're going to stack those and make a big bonfire, and we're celebrating because the end of the war is taking place. Well, why can we do this? Why can you put that at rest? Because the next verse says, "For to us a child is born, the joy of the harvest, the joy of deliverance." The joy of no more war. Who wouldn't want in on that? For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The other passage is that they... A young men and women read, said that his name will be called Emmanuel. Most of us understand what that means. God what? With us. Say it again. God with us. His presence is here. And I don't know about you, but I need to know and be assured that he is with me every day. Because from my own emotions, I'll think he's gone. From my own loneliness or my own struggles, I'll think he's not here. My own lack of patience, not seeing things go like I think, where's God? But he assures us by his very name that God has entered humanity. God with us. But not only is he with us. He says, you're going to call him Jesus. Which means he will save his people from their sins. Let me flip back and just grab a verse real quick out of Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, he quotes Psalm 32. He's talking about the faith of Abraham in this chapter. But when he quotes David, he says this. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count Against him. Get it? So you see, when someone says around uh, uh, this time of year, and we talk about blessings, then we have a lot of great physical blessings, things that come our way. I understand that. And a lot of times people answer, how are you doing? They'll say, I am what? I am blessed. But I want you to understand something else. Next time you say, I am blessed, I want you to understand, not that you have something, not that you have a house, not that you have family, that you have food. Those are blessings. But I want you to understand, I am blessed because... My transgressions are forgiven and my sins will never be held against me again. It's the grace of God that gives me that. So when I say, as we say, say with a collective voice, I am blessed. Say it again. I am blessed. That means I am saved by God's amazing grace. I'm blessed. Every time you hear it or every time you say it to anyone else, you think in the back of your mind this passage in Romans. I'm blessed because God will never hold his sin against me. See, here's my problem. Satan lies to you. And he says, go ahead and hang on to that shame. 
Go ahead and hang on to that guilt of that lie that you told. Go ahead and hang on to all those things and let them be a burden and let them drag you down. And sometimes we listen to His voice or we listen to the voice of, of His people around us. And they don't want you to have freedom. Satan does not want you to have the assurance of eternal life. But when you are in Jesus Christ, His very name means He saves. You are forgiven. And your sins, God will never count against you. I am blessed. Because Jesus was born and came to save his people from their sins. I just can't imagine the beauty of that evening. The sound of those angels appearing. The shepherds seeing what they saw and hearing the news. This birth, this virgin birth of Jesus was news that made the angels sing. I love songs at Christmas. I love the words. I love the, the meaning of them. And I think back about that great night when the Savior was born. Would you sing one of those songs with me? This is one of my favorite right here. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin. So tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Isn't that a great word, peace? Look, the same God that made this great birth in history that was prophesied years and years before, the same God that came to be with us in the flesh, the same Jesus that saves us from our sin, the same Holy Spirit that conceived this child that dwells in us now as Christians, wants to be with us and give us that peace that passes all understanding. This happened, he says, I love the last verse. The last verse of this reading. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Think about that. The zeal of God. God is zealous. His zeal, the zeal of the Lord Almighty, will accomplish this. So you see, when you lay your burdens and you, you, lay, uh, uh, you lay your sin and you lay your guilt and you lay your shame into the hands of God, 
the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this child being born that you can have peace and you can be saved. He, he accomplishes that. We don't do it. We don't work for it. We work because we are saved, not in order to be saved. The zeal of the Lord Almighty, he's the one that made this happen. In God's hands, darkness and void, remember Genesis? In God's hand, darkness and void become the beautiful earth. In God's hands, a rib and dust together become humanity. In God's hand, a virgin becomes a mother. In God's hand, water becomes wine. In God's hand, a boy's lunch become food for thousands. In God's hand, spit and mud become vision. In God's hand, fishermen become fishers of men that change the world. In God's hand, death becomes a doorway to life. And in God's hand, an empty grave becomes the hope of eternity. In God's hands. And that's who desires to hold you. Remember the old song, Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. My encouragement to you this Christmas season is to think about sharing this story where it has the power of joy of the harvest. It has the power to bring to bring blessings into your life. It has the power to destroy things that have enslaved people. It has the power to end turmoil and war. And God has chosen you as his people. He's chosen to use you to make his story your story. That you would impact the world around you. I can't think of a greater, greater Christmas story than to see that someone understands who Jesus is and gives their life fully to him. To see someone baptized into Christ and their sins washed away and they start all over brand new and not one of those sins held against them anymore. Now that's, that's a Christmas story that I can get excited about. And that's the story we want you to have. If you hadn't had that happen in your life, that's why we're going to have, offer an invitation in a moment. Now, we're out telling you, come. Be baptized into Christ. Start all over. If, if somehow or another you've let Satan get you off track, I'm telling you, go back and claim God as your Father, Jesus as the Savior of your heart and life. Realize the Holy Spirit lives in you and commit your heart and life to God. Get out from whatever's enslaved you or burdened you He brings joy of deliverance. It's time to shatter those old yokes and bars that run across your shoulders. What a way to start the Christmas season. Freedom. See, it really isn't give me death or give me freedom. It's give me death and that brings freedom. Dead to my old self. Renewed through the blood of Jesus Christ that brings life. That's what you 
and I have right in front of us through the simple story of the gospel. It is still the power of God to save. So if you have a need for prayer or a need to just release some burdens or a need to be baptized into Christ, that's what we're offering you today. You can have that while together we stand and we sing this song.